Well, praise God. I, I want to I tear into something uh, tonight. And uh, some of you may say, oh, I already know that. And you may, you may just, you know, want to just say, oh, well, you know, I, 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 that's good. It's a sweet message pastor's preaching tonight. And, uh, but I'm telling you, if you already think you know this tonight, you need to be taking notes. You need to take good notes. You need to take notes that you're going to stick in your Bible and have all the time because this is what you need to go out and teach everybody. Amen? Because if you already know it, then you should be teaching somebody. Right? Okay, so there's no sense in saying this, but, you know, I'll say it anyway. The world's crazy right now. All right? And, and there's just there's this crazy things going on and, and just, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next, what's going to come up next. But one thing I know is true is I know the word of God's true. Amen. I hope you all all believe that the Bible's true. And, you know, the greatest thing that happened to me in my life was that I read the Bible. I can remember sitting down and very first time I started reading the Bible, I was just I was I was awed. I was just blown away. I was like. Why has no one ever told me this? Is all like I said. Go to my wife all the time. And say, look at what it says here. Why did no one ever tell me this? Well, people did try to tell me, but I didn't listen. You know. But all of a sudden, it was alive. It was real to me. The Bible it was alive, just leaping off the page to me. And nothing's changed in thirty plus, thirty-seven, thirty-eight years I've been serving the Lord. Nothing has changed. I still every morning read the Bible, and I I see something leaping off the page to me. I don't know how people exist without the Word of God. I, I, I just don't know. But, you know, sometimes I play these games and I'm like, OK, if I'm locked in a prison and I can only have one page of the Bible, what would it be? You know, and one of them definitely for sure that I would have would be Romans chapter eight. I'd want Romans chapter eight. I'd want John 14 or 15 or 16. You know, I'd want these certain chapters because there's certain chapters, you know, when you read them, they're just, oh, man, they're just like, oh, man, that is such good stuff. Right. But, you know, we got to have the whole counsel of God's word. That means the things that we get needled on, you know, that we read. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? Things like that we don't really want to focus on, you know. We want to focus on the fun stuff, and we don't want to focus on that. And so, anyway, but we got to have the whole counsel of God's Word, right? we got to have it from Genesis to Revelation, even the book of Maps, I guess. And so... I want to share something with you tonight. Uh, a couple of months ago, the message tonight is speaking in tongues. Okay? And I'm just going to lay it out. I'm going to teach you. I'm just going to lay it out very uh, verse by verse, just lay the whole thing out to you. But I was struck a couple of months ago. I don't know how it's been, maybe more than a couple of months ago. We got an email from a, a man in Peru. In, I mean, uh, Chile, excuse me. And it was in Spanish. And so I was trying to, because they speak Castilian Spanish, and it's a little over my head a little bit in some of the wording, the verbiage they use. And so I was trying to read it and get it all what it did. And basically what the, the, it was is, you know, like over 20 years ago, I was in Chile. I preached. I was there for a couple of years and, and, and preached hell revivals and, and, and put my books out down there and everything. And I wrote a book, the Holy Ghost book that I wrote in English. I also did it in Spanish. And... and uh, I took a bunch of them down there, gave them away. And so this young man, I don't know, uh, you know, he, he, was, he, was, he said he was young. I think he said he was 20, because that's what got me to thinking. I think he said he was 20. Anyway, 
Somehow or another, I knew he was a young man. And he said that he found a book on the Holy Ghost that I wrote. And then he followed out, found us over the internet, and sent me this, this email saying, pray for me, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he said he found this book uh, that his relative had gotten 20 years ago. So somebody in the meeting got the book, went home, stuck it on their shelf. And so I don't know if this is a grandson. I don't know if this was, you know, really, he didn't get in depth on what this was. But this young man found the book on the Holy Ghost, read the book and became hungry for the Holy Ghost. And so I was just blown away that how this book sat there for 20 years until this young man picked it up. And I thought, man, how many things in life have we done? Have we said something to somebody and, you know, giving somebody a little encouraging word or what, you know, we don't know the, 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 the ramifications of all that's going to take place. You know, it's that throwing the pebble in the water and that ripple effect just keeps going and keeps going. And so I, I began to laugh and think about it that, you know, I, I did, I don't know, thousands and thousands of copies in Spanish and this, the, all of the, all the Latin world loved the book. I don't know if I sold a hundred copies in English. I couldn't even give them away. But in Spanish, that thing is second. They're still printed today. They're still all over Mexico, still going on, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Stories that they would tell me would just blow my mind. I couldn't even receive it. You know, things that were just like, we had a pastor's conference with Sister Annie, and, and we shared the, the, the book, and I taught on the Holy Spirit. And, and then those pastors took, went to another village, and then there was another village farther down the road, and somebody carried the book over there. And then the pastor of the church read the book, and then he called down the valley, called, you know, down the mountains to the pastor that originally started to go up there and help them because they didn't know what to do, that everybody in the fields were just being overcome by the Holy Spirit while they were out working in the fields. And were just, they'd find them just uh, laid out there praying in tongues. And the pastor didn't really know what to do. So he was calling for help to say, what do I do? This is happening. They just read this book and everybody got full of the Holy Ghost. And I was just like, wow, that's so amazing that, you know, they could just read the book and... A lot of other people read the book and it didn't happen, but these people read the book and, you know, the whole village has changed. So I wanted to show you through the word of God tonight what the Lord has always revealed to me about speaking in tongues and about the, the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand more about the Holy Spirit so you can help people. There's nothing that causes division quicker in a Christian church than speaking in tongues. Man, that just, that just throws up a wall. I mean, that's like bringing sauerkraut into an ice cream parlor, you know, everybody just <laughs> freaks out. They don't know what to do. But I'm not scared of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has changed my life. The Holy Spirit has helped me and, and, and taught me, and, 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 and I know the Holy Spirit is, is my good friend, you know. I'm not, I'm not scared of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not scared of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I've seen every crazy thing in the world. Listen, I've seen some things that were of the Holy Spirit and some things that were totally of the flesh. But I'm not worried about it. I don't, I, I'm not going to stop seeking the things of God, the gifts of God, the spirit of God, because people are crazy. All right. And so if you if you go back and when I was going through Bible school, one of my favorite courses was early church history. And if you look all throughout all of church history from the from from Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost, when the church was started till now, you can see that. The Spirit of God moved upon people. People really began to move out in the things of God. 
God began to bless, the church began to grow, everybody began to do good, and then all of a sudden things began to kind of go south. And then religion got involved or something happened or things went goofy and then those, that went off. But then there was always a remnant. Here they came, man. Spirit of God moved. Everybody moved. Everybody went down the road. Everybody, you know, and then they started a big another movement. It would go down the road for a while and then blah, 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 they'd get off. And they just kept, that's just, that's just the story of the church history. And so... I was always praying and saying, Lord, I just want to do what you want us to do. I want to bear fruit in life. Listen to me, church. If you can have as your goal in life to bear fruit, you want to bear fruit in life. You want to walk in love. You want to help people. You want to bless people. You want to be a blessing. You want to, that's what you want to, you know, show people the love of God. If that's the center of your heart, you're going to be okay. But if any person's heart is for glory or for stardom or for, uh, money, you know, you're going to get shipwrecked. You're going to fall off. And so what usually happens is men get involved with it and then notoriety wants to come in and then fame and then this and that and the other. And the next thing you know, everything's gone sideways. All right. But I know the word of God's true. And I believe y'all believe that too. Amen. So I want to start this teaching tonight. Just go to the book of Acts chapter two, get your Bibles out and go to the book of Acts chapter two. Let's look at this. I'm going to teach this very straightforward. This is not some kind of church doctrine. This is the Bible, and it happens to be the doctrine of Living Waters Church because we believe what the Bible says. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1, let's just start at the beginning. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and it sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speaking in their own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galatian? And how is it that they hear, how is it that we hear, each in our own language in which we were born. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who dwell in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining to the Cyrenes. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Okay, I don't want to get into tonight about arguing this, that, or the other. I'm just going to teach y'all straight, straight Bible, okay? Is that all right with y'all? I just teach y'all the truth and let it go. All right, so I don't know what exactly happened here in the sense that they were speaking, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and the thing I want you to see here is that when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers and, the, and the believers were filled, they began to speak in other tongues that had never happened before. That didn't happen during Jesus' ministry. That happened right here at the start of the early church. I believe, just hear me now, I believe that when you, I'll show you this throughout the whole study, but I believe that God knew that man was going to mess things up from the get-go. So he said, Jesus said in John 14, he's going to send a helper. John 14, 15, 16, he said, I'm sending a helper to you to help keep you all straight. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you. So the Holy Spirit had to show up to, at the start of the church because already God had to put a, a, a stopgap in for mankind because mankind was going to mess it up. 
So he brought the Holy Ghost in. Now, when the Holy Ghost showed up, immediately they started speaking in tongues. Back in the 90s, I was preaching in, in the Ukraine, and, and I didn't like the setup. It was more like, a, like an opera house we were preaching in. And there was a place where I was preaching in an elevated pulpit kind of thing, and then the people were down here, and I couldn't get to them, and I didn't like that. I didn't like having been separate. I couldn't get down off the stage. I mean, there was no steps. You would have had to, you know, I'd had to leap off about five foot. And I was more agile then, but I still was smart enough not to try to leap off the stage, you know. It was one of those things you had to go back and come out a wall and come out over here, you know, because it was like a big, I guess it was like an opera house is what you'd say. And so I was preaching, and I just felt this real disconnect from the people. Like I couldn't, God, I couldn't, couldn't get to them, you know. I couldn't speak to them. The seats were pretty far back because I had the orchestra pit. So, you know, I was, I was farther than from here to the back wall from the very first row of people. And it just was awkward. And so I was preaching. Of course, it was being interpreted. And, and man, I was preaching my guts out. And it's just like, man, I could just see ants out there, you know. And I was like, man, this is terrible. And so I felt like I wouldn't make any connection, wouldn't do anything. And so I, I stepped back from the microphone and I just started praying in my heavenly language. I just started praying in the Holy Ghost because I didn't know what to do. I was seeking wisdom. And I just started praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in the Holy Ghost there for a little bit like this. And, you know, I got through and I was like, I, you know, man, I, you know, what do I do? And, he, and he, the Holy Spirit says, keep going, keep going. So and I got back up there and I just kept preaching, preaching, preaching. So finally it came down. I closed the meeting and gave an altar call, but I couldn't get to the people. And it was just all awkward. So at the end of it, these Two couple come to me, real refined looking people, and they come up to me and, and they they asked through the interpreter, said, What was that language you were speaking? And I was like, English. <laughs> they said, No, 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 no. We we understand English, but the other language you were speaking. And it caught me off guard. I was like, What other language was I speaking? And I said, Oh, you mean when I was praying in tongues? And they said, What is this? And I said, well, it was my heavenly language my, my, my heavenly father gave me. It was the Holy Ghost. And I, I was just standing back there praying because I didn't know what to do. They said, but yes, but what, what language is it? I said, I ain't got no idea. Just praying in tongues. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. We're professors at the, at, the, uh, at the college and we're linguistics professors. And we understand languages. And we have known languages all over. We speak seven different languages ourselves. We know languages all over the world. We've, we study dialects. We study... Uh, the words and the structures of everything, and, and uh, you were speaking a language. I said, well, what was I speaking? I don't know. That's what we're asking you. <laughs> and they said, but what you were speaking, we know, was a language because we could understand there was, uh, that, there was, that everything was proper because we understand language. And I said, well, I hate to tell you, but I don't, under I, I, I don't know. I was just praying in my heavenly language. And so they looked at me like I was a little bizarre, and so then I began to explain to them about the Holy Spirit and all, you know, and about tongues and all this kind of stuff like this. And, and they were just like, you know, they didn't get it. But I knew something happened. Another time in Mexico, I was preaching on stage and, and, and I was walking back and forth. Same scenario. I didn't know what to do. I felt like God wanted to do some, something more in the service. I didn't know what to do. I was walking back and forth. I started praying in tongues. I didn't even have a microphone on. I was just walking back and forth praying in tongues. And I just... Just like looking out there at Timothy, I just, you know, glanced across some people and this guy, he just locked eyes with me. He just got up from his chair, he walked to the front and he said, yes, I do. In Spanish, he said, yes, I do. And I said, yes, you do what? And he said, yes, I want to be saved. I said, well, praise God. You know, had no 
didn't know what was going on. We went down there, prayed, led him to the Lord. Man, he had a real experience with God. He was so in touch. He says, when you called me out, I, I knew I had to come forth. And I said, what did you hear? And he said, well, I heard you speaking in perfect Spanish. Matter of fact, when you called me out, your Spanish was better than when you were uh, speaking before. I was like, well, I was trying to speak in Spanish, but, <laughs> you know, Holy Ghost is better. He heard, when I was praying in tongues, he heard Spanish. Although I know I was not speaking in Spanish, I was praying in tongues. So my point is, when the Holy Ghost came upon the, the, the people here, I do not know if the, if the believers at that point were just praying in their heavenly language, which I'm going to explain to you and teach you here tonight, or if they were actually speaking the language. I don't know, but I know that they heard them in their language, and I have seen that happen. So it could go either way, but it really doesn't make any difference. Okay, now go to Acts chapter 10, verse 44. In Acts 10, 44, it's where Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. Peter's preaching, and then in verse 44, it starts up and says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. Okay, so this, again, this is not, this is not the parting of the Red Sea kind of a miracle. This is just what the Holy Spirit wants to do in believers' hearts after they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's not, it's not a miracle. It's not a gift because some people teach that, oh, to be able to speak in tongues, it's a gift, and I didn't get that gift, so I can't speak in tongues. No, no, no. The gift is it's a free gift, just like salvation is a gift, is it not? But is it not free to all people? Right? It's a gift, but it's free to everybody who will believe. So the Holy Spirit is a gift that's free to every person who is a believer in Jesus. That's what, that's what the deal is. You've got to be a believer in Jesus. Then the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift to every person out there that hears the words and receives the Holy Spirit in their heart. Are you all with me? Everybody out there. TV land following me. Okay. But you notice here that they were astonished because they, again, they heard them speaking in tongues, but they heard them magnifying God. So again, I believe that there was this, them praying in tongues, but there were some ears open to what was being prayed in tongues. And they knew it was magnifying God. But the thing that astonished them was that the Holy Ghost was doing it not man. And see, I believe man's gotten way too involved in doing can baptisms of the Holy Spirit rather than believers that are hungry for the things of God and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the problem is today is that people are, we've gotten too used to drive in everything. We won't drive in fast, quick food. We won't drive in fast, quick church. We want to get saved. We want to the gifts, the flow, we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we want the power, we want everything, but nobody really has a hungry heart for it. But what God's looking for today is people that have a hungry heart, that yearn and hunger for the things of God, yearn and hunger for a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Y'all can say this one, this is, I, I, this is not, I'm not reading a verse from the Bible, but I'm just telling you my experience. 1994, I was standing right in this church. Everything was turned different. Used to be the front of the church there, preached that away. I was up here praying, and in the moment I was, I was praying over the service, I was praying because I was, realized I was in trouble. I realized I didn't have the, 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 the knowledge to pastor a church. I, I, began, I was crying out to God, what have you got me into? What's going on? Holy cow, this is terrible. What is going to happen? You've got to do something. And at that moment, I had an open vision. And, it, and all I can tell you is that it was just like I'm seeing through my eyeballs, but I'm not seeing here. I'm seeing in the realm of the Spirit. Just happened in an instant. And at that moment was the first time I saw the Holy Spirit. I saw the Holy Spirit form like a like a wisp, like a cloud, and then shoop, and there the Holy Spirit was standing in front of me. It changed my life because I realized it, it, it. What changed me was I realized that for so long we have thought of the Holy Spirit as just a wind blowing through the trees, a mystical you know, kind of a wisp in the clouds, kind of a, you know, not, not, as a, not as a third person of the Trinity, not as a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And when that happened to me that day, it changed my whole thinking because it's just like when the Holy Ghost shows up into hungry believers, things are going to happen. But I want to tell you something. One thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit, a little different than Jesus, his personality is a kind of a personality. If he's not wanted, he ain't showing up. All throughout the scriptures, they said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You want to be in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. If you want the Holy Spirit to show up, well, then you need to be flowing in the things of God, full of love and grace and peace, and you can't go in there and make him do something. He isn't going to do it. He was there when the worlds were created. He was hovering over the face of the earth when, when the whole creation started. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that moved over the whole thing. And he is not going to be told what to do. It's are you going to cooperate with him? But he will cooperate with every person that has a hungry heart. But when he shows up, one of the things that happens is people start speaking in tongues. Okay, now go to Acts chapter 19. Verse 1, Paul's at Ephesus. It says, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus, finding some disciples there. He said, Do you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, the, from, from Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 19, there's 20 to 30 years that's taken place. Okay? So... When Paul's talking to these disciples, he's expecting that they've already heard of the Holy Spirit, already expecting that they knew what the gospel was about. They've already, they were, they, they, he said that they, he found some disciples. So a disciple is a learner. So he was, he was just expecting that they were more learned and taught and educated than they were. So he said, did you see, receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we've not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, well, then what were you baptized? And they said, well, under John's baptism. Then Paul said, well, John indeed baptized at the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him and who was to come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Okay, so 
I don't, again, I'm having to just kind of speculate here, but apparently these disciples went to Jerusalem. They were touched by John's ministry, got excited about John and repentance and seeking God and, you know, that the Lord was coming. But then they left before the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So then Peter tells them, I mean, uh, Paul tells them what's going on. <laughs> he said, uh, that you would believe on the one that has come, Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, they said, the Messiah came? The Messiah came? Jesus was here and we missed it! But we believe on him. We believe he's the son of God. Yes! So Paul took him and baptized him. And when he heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit then came upon them. So... Again, you see here, people got saved, and then the after effect was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and look what it says. It came upon them, and they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. So here you got tongues tied in with the Holy Ghost. So why people are scared of the Holy Ghost is because they're scared of what people have done with tongues and the goofy craziness that people have done. I remember, you know, y'all know this story, but the very first uh, Holy Ghost Pentecostal type meeting I ever went into, we, I, I wasn't, we were saved. We'd given our hearts to Jesus. We were hungry for the things of God. We'd been reading our Bibles. We knew there was more. We heard about this meeting going on. We went to this meeting. We went into the church. I was really, really kind of freaked out because there was, there was no men in the church. There was only women. I found out later it was a women's meeting, okay, and that we went to. And didn't know that it was a women's meeting. And uh, so I was just thinking, man, this place ain't got no men. Something's wrong. And so, I, but I remember I've never been in a Pentecostal service like this in my life, you know. And so they started out, they got the music going and playing. I was going along with all that, you know, clapping, going along. Everything's good. And then, man, all of a sudden it launched off, man. Everybody started praying in tongues, started going up. And people were running around and tongues were going on. And there's a big old guy and he was playing the keyboard. I'll never forget him. He's a big muscle builder. And, uh, he went over there in this church, had a center pillar, and he went over there and got hold of the center pillar of this church. And all I could sit there and say, man, if I see one piece of mortar crack in that thing, man, I'm out of here. Well, I'd already have run out of the church, but we got caught pinned in the rows. I was too much in the middle of the aisle. I had to run over about four people. But I was expecting, I kept looking around behind me to see if I could knock the seat out and, and get out of the church because I was getting nervous because I'd never seen anything like this in my life. I was like, Man, I've been in some barroom fights. It seemed like it was more organized than this, and this is scaring me, you know? And, man, I remember as soon as they finally finished the meeting and said amen, man, I was, whew, man, my wife and I, we were out of there. Ran outside, got in the car, locked the doors. And uh, so we were laughing, saying, man, what did we get into? Holy cow, I can't believe this. And we were laughing, 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 saying, man, I thought that guy's going to tear that pillar out in there. Man, I was scared. Man, I don't know. I've been, I've never been so scared. We were laughing going on there, and then we looked at each other, and both at the same time, and I said, yeah, but there was something real. There was something that I wanted. There was something, it, if you cut off all the fluff and the, the, the whatever, there was something, there was, a, there, was a, there was something, I could sense it in my spirit, that there was something that was real that I wanted. I wanted the power of God. And see, a true believer that's hungry for the things of God, you can, you can kind of, if you don't get too turned off, you can kind of weed through the, the junk and the stuff that's going on to find the true core of the power of the Holy Spirit for your own life. Well, this is what happened here. These guys get baptized. They start praying in tongues. Okay? Now go to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Now let's get into the reason why we're praying in tongues. 
I just want to say it like this. You can go through the scriptures. There's more scriptures than this, but I don't have time to go through it all tonight. You can find the scriptures, search out the scriptures. Every person who is baptized in the Holy Spirit has the ability to pray in other tongues. Whether you know it, whether you release it, whether you cooperate with the Holy Spirit or not, all depends on your heart and your hunger, all right? There is no gift that only some people get it and some don't. I'll explain the gift of tongues in just a minute. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay, here Paul is talking to the church at Rome, and he's saying, look, the Holy Spirit's your helper. And you're going to run out of words. You're going to run out of what to pray for or how to pray. You're going to not know. Like, like, you know, I don't know how many times in life I've, I've been in a situation where I did not know how to pray for the situation. You know, sometimes we try to pray out of our head. And we, we imagine and we you know, kind of, we're, we're, we're trying to pray this stuff. Or are you praying about, you know, here's a good one. You're praying about work. You're praying about jobs. You're, you're praying about whatever. And you're, you're, you, you can sit there all day long and say, Lord, you know, uh, uh, give me this job, give me this job, give me this job. But the truth of the matter is you really need the Holy Ghost to pray through you because you don't know that really is a job you need because you don't know what's going to happen down in the future. You want the job that the Holy Ghost has got for you, not what you think you ought to have. All right? So here Paul's telling the church at, at Rome, he said, look, when you're praying in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit praying for you for the things that you don't understand and you don't know. You don't know the trap the enemy may have set up out there. You don't know where you're supposed to be, be going, but you need to be letting the Holy Spirit pray through you in your heavenly language because he's interceding for you on earth. Now, think about this. You say, well, why does he need to intercede for me on earth? I mean, you could, just go and, you could just go and talk to the Father and just pray. I mean, don't have to intercede for me here on earth. What do you mean? But the words of God and the things of God happen here on earth that makes and the changes the course of what's going on on earth. The prayer doesn't need to be prayed in heaven. It needs to be prayed on earth because you're moving the curse out of the way. You're moving all the problems out of the way by speaking the word of God. That's why when you pray, you need to pray out loud. Because then the word of God's being manifest and it's rolling out and it's creating everything it, it should be. Now go to 1 Corinthians 14. I know I'm going kind of fast here, but y'all just, like I said, take notes. I said I'm going fast. It's already 8 o'clock. Holy cow. Maybe my clock's wrong. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Now Paul is bring, talking to the church at Corinth. Now of all the churches that Paul had some problems with is the church at Corinth. They were always getting kind of out of hand, and he was always having to bring correction to them. So he brings in here in 1 Corinthians 14, he's trying to get the church straight on tongues. And he says, pursue love. Now that right there is enough. Pursue love. But 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Hello? Stop right there. A man, he says right there, Paul, the apostle Paul, the same one that said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. 
he said that when you speak in tongues, you speak to God. So then, pretty good reason to pray in tongues, because you're speaking directly to God. All right? For no one understands him. However, the spirit he speaks... Hold on, I lost my place. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. I really don't understand. I don't know. I don't question God. There's a few things in life I don't question God. I just flow with it, right? Why tongues? Why another language? Only thing I can come up with is because I'm telling you, if you had it under your control, you'd mess it up. I mean, this is the only thing I've ever come up with. Because if you had control of it and do whatever, you would mess it up. But when you're praying in tongues, you're praying perfectly to God, speaking unto God, speaking to God directly by the utterance of the Holy Spirit. Look what he says. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So he's talking about the difference of English prophesying, that you're in the gift of the spirit of prophecy, not the foretelling of the future, but the encouragement, the edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So when you walk up to somebody and you said in English, you say, you know, uh, man, I'm telling you what I was praying for you this morning, and I just believe God told me to tell you that things are going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Here's the scripture I, I got for you. This is going to be good. You're going to go far. Everything's going to be great. You're a blessing. God loves you. Amen. You just prophesied to them. Okay? I mean, you can spruce it all up and say, hey, yeah, thus saith the Lord. I hear. You know, you can do it like that if you want to, but you could just tell them simple. Still prophecy. So you prophesied the person, the person heard it in English. But if you went up and you spoke to them in tongues, they're going to be saying, that's nice, brother. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. So the truth of the matter is, think about this. <laughs> to lay hands on somebody and to speak in tongues at them, unless you're being moved by the Spirit of God, it's not going to benefit the person unless there's a result of what happens. I mean, the person came up and he only had one leg and you prayed over him in tongues and the leg grew out of him. They ain't going to care if you prayed in tongues, right? Let's go on. But he prophesies, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. But he who speaks in tongue edifies himself. Do, do any of y'all need a little edification in life sometimes? Any of y'all in life, you just kind of need a little picking your, you know, some little lifting up and some little building up and some little edification in life? Well, you get that by praying in tongues. That's what he says. I mean, I'm not, y'all can go look at this. This is black and white Bible, right? I mean, I'm not twisting this around or making it mean. He says, if you pray in tongues, you'll be edified. So I don't know why everybody doesn't, who's a Christian, and would read the word and understand this, would not want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues because it's going to edify them. It's going to build them up. Okay. Okay, well, let me just go on. But he who speaks in tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Okay, again, somebody stands up in here. Well, let me get to it. Paul says it right here. Let me just let Paul say it. He says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive the edification. So somebody stands up in church and speaks out in tongues, but there is no 
It is not the gift of tongues, because there's a difference. Everybody has their personal prayer language. But then you could have a message for the church in a tongue that then someone else will have the interpretation of it. I saw right here in this church one time, a man stood up and he began to speak in tongues. And as he was standing up speaking in tongues, I, I thought it was German, to be honest with you. I mean, it was real guttural, tongue, different, something I'd never heard. And I just stood here and watched him. And then he finished. And another person stood up, a visitor came to church. I'd never seen him before. Stood up and he said, that, I, I'm from Germany and that, that's a dialect, a German dialect. And I know what he said. He knew the language. So it really wasn't, I don't know what it was, because it really wasn't a, I mean, it was a tongue. The guy speaking it did not know the language, but he literally spoke a literal language that another person understood. And then I said, well, what did he say? Well, he said, and he began to say what the guy said. Okay. But if he had just got up and spoke, we'd all said, oh, that's cool. But we wouldn't have been edified because we don't know what he said. Other than, did you see him speak like that? I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Right? I mean, don't, uh, uh, the church is edified. So Paul's talking about the church in a church setting that it's better to prophesy, saying and declaring what God's saying, because when you do that, then everybody gets edified because they hear the, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, by the gift of prophecy, everybody understands it. If all the church stands up and speaks in tongues, then the people who spoke in tongues would be edified individually, but as a corporate body, you wouldn't be. So Paul says, look, stay home and pray in tongues. And when you come to church, prophesy, edify the body. Because when you come to church, yes, you're going to receive for yourself. But it's also about edifying the whole body. Because church is supposed to be more than just we get something. We're supposed to give something too. Right? Okay, go down to verse 6. Paul's speaking here and he says, now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, where they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sound, how will it be known what is piped or played? If the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will speak into the air. Therefore, there are, it may, <clears throat> there are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them without significance. Therefore, if, I do not, if you do not know the meaning of the language, it shall be a, a foreigner to him who speaks. He who speaks will be of a, a foreigner to me. Even so, you, since you were zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So if you're praying in a tongue, your spirit's praying. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? Well, I want to pray with the spirit and also pray with the understanding. I will sing in the spirit. I also sing in the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of, of, of the uninformed say, amen, at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what to say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So Paul says here, you should be praying in tongues in your personal prayer language, edifying yourself. 
you should be praying in English, right? I thought of this this afternoon because today I was working in the shop and I was by myself and I just got my easy chair and I sat down and I was, I was, I was cutting cords and uh, doing electrical stuff and I was just sitting there and it didn't take a, you know, trained monkey could do it. And so, uh, but I was the trained monkey. And so I was just sitting in the chair praying in tongues. And so I'm just sitting there. I got, I got my, my worship music playing. It's in there. And I was just praying in tongues, just praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Hours I sit there and pray in tongues. Cut wires. Twist them all together. Nothing, no, nothing, no big miracle happened. No, no, you know, I didn't have any epiphany. No, Jesus didn't show up in bodily form or something. You know, I just sat there and cut wires. Just, just worked and prayed in tongues, right? But the whole time I was praying, I was talking to God. So I'm praying in tongues, and then I stop and say, you know, Lord, I just don't really understand why this. And then I just go back to praying in tongues. And then in a minute, I feel like the Holy Spirit was bringing a scripture to my mind or something. I said, yeah, that's right. You did say over and whatever. And so it's just this conversation. It's not a, it's not a works. Folks, I've seen too many people come to the altar, fall on their face, have this emotional time of weeping and shaking and praying in tongues and then leave, and I don't know if they ever prayed in tongues after that. And I'm just telling you, that's not fruitful. The fruitfulness is when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and all day long, all the time, you're, you're living this life with Him at every moment of every you know, time that you're, you're sitting aside for prayer, or even if you're just driving down the road or whatever you're doing, you start praying in the Holy Spirit, and you get built up and edified, and God's doing things that you have no, other, no, no idea about. And you should be a more fruitful Christian. If you're not, then I hate to tell you, something's wrong. The other day, I was, a person was on my heart, and uh, I, was, I was thinking they maybe needed some money, and I was, gonna, I was trying to figure out a way to do it. And... Uh, so I'd been praying about it in English, but I'd been also praying in tongues. And uh, so I saw the person, I was talking to them, and they were telling me everything going on and everything. And so I, I was in my mind saying, what do I do, Holy Spirit? What do I do? You know, do I, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And I heard just plain as day on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit say, wait and watch. So I interpreted it as, oh, okay, you don't want me to do anything right now. You want me to wait and see. You know, something's going to come up. You're going to work some kind of deal or whatever. And so that's how I assumed it. Wait and watch. And so the next day I saw the person that came right up to me and said, man, pastor, you're never going to believe what happened. They began to tell me this story of this provision God had miraculously done and brought in. I had nothing to do with it. Right? And then I realized, oh, that's why you're saying wait and watch, because I was about to mess everything up. And so I just rejoiced with them and, 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 and just said, oh, praise God, man, you know, that's, that's awesome, testimony, way to go. And the whole time the Holy Spirit's saying, see, I'm glad, aren't you glad you listened to me? I'm like, yeah, really glad I did, because I would have messed it all up, your whole plan you had going and working for this big miracle to take place. You see, it's things like that that just make me keep serving the Lord. That's life. That's the way it should be. That's the way your life is supposed to take place. You're supposed to be bearing fruit. It's not one emotional experience and then nothing and then 
another little emotional experience, and then nothing, and then another little emotional experience. No, no, no. It's a life of flowing and praying with the Holy Spirit. So let me give you, let me give you one more scripture, and then I want to close. Wow, where did time go? Holy Ghost, stop me. Jude 1.20, last scripture. Jude 1.20. Jude says here, But beloved, build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, he said again here that you build yourself up. You edify yourself by praying in tongues. Again, I'm trying to get this across to everyone. It's not an emotional experience. It's not a one-time thing. It's not just, you know, that everything's got to be right and you felt it. No, it is the powering of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, praying through your spirit, praying out, and it's going to come out in tongues. Now, listen to me. It is a language. It's not a syllable. It's not a grunt. It's not a, 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 a spitting. It's not, you know... It's not la, 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 okay? It's a language. Now, let me just say this. Every baby doesn't talk English perfectly, right? I have seen Christians before get baptized in the Holy Spirit and come up and begin to pray, but it seems, for lack of a better word, seems childish. And then as they grow, I've seen it change, Okay? Now, we're all different. Myself, I was hungry for the Holy Spirit. I was beating, tearing the scriptures up, reading for the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit baptized me, he laid, you know, I, I've told you that story. I, I, a, a minister laid hands on me. I, I did not start speaking in tongues. But the next morning, I was sitting there, and the Holy Spirit said, just let me pray through you. And I finally re- had faith that the Spirit of God was on the inside of me and that what was going to come out of my mouth was not of the devil, was not gibberish, was not made up by me. It was, it was of God. And it was, and I started, said the first syllable out of my mouth, and then here it came, and I began to speak in tongues. My wife over here, God bless her sweet thing that she is, we laid hands on her to almost rubbed all the hair off her head. She got so mad at me, she told me in private, she said, listen, don't, nobody better lay hands on me again. Because every time we'd have a prayer meeting, they'd go over there and try to lay hands on the Lord because she wasn't speaking in tongues. Man, they tried to pray. Rub, like I said, just rub, rub the hair off her head trying to get her to pray in tongues. And, and so she was just, she got obstinate. She said, I will not. I'm not, yeah, this is it. No one's going to lay hands on me anymore. You're, nobody's pushing me. I don't know what's wrong. And so then, of course, one day I said to her, I said, well, maybe, you know, maybe you've got a devil or something. And we <laughs> to cast it out, you know. And that didn't go over really well. And so... You know, just drove more nails into the plank. But then one day, by herself, in, her, in our house, all alone, she sat down on the bed and said, this is ridiculous. I know what the Word of God says. I see what the Word of God says. I believe with all of my heart. And Lord, I want to be speaking in tongues. And she finally knew that the whole time she had a word in her. She had something that she wanted to say, but she wouldn't do it because she kept thinking she was trying to make it up. And when she finally said, Lord, by faith, I'm going to speak out of my mouth right now, boom, there it went. Okay? So my point to you tonight is, I'm not, I, 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 I'll, I'll hang back and I'll pray with somebody tonight. If you, I, I'm going to pray over everyone out there watching, but if you're in here tonight and you want me to pray for you, I'll pray for you. But I really think the best way for everybody to get baptized in the Holy Spirit is you get hungry for God. Sit on the edge of your bed 
talk to the Holy Ghost in the middle of that situation, and you're going to receive a, your, your tongues, and you're going to be able to just pray it out of your mouth, and then you're going to be off and running, edifying yourself, building yourself up, interceding, talking to God, doing all the things that I just showed you tonight. I believe with all of my heart, you know, that's true because it's you, right? Now, in ending, we've got to teach people to quit being scared of the Holy Ghost. I encourage you with your friends, people that you know, people maybe, you know, you're having Bible study with or something. You need to just bluntly ask them, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? You need to take these points and go over it with them. Oh, you're like, Paul talked about the, the, the disciples in Ephesus in Acts 19, you know. <laughs> you didn't know there was a Holy Ghost. See, this is what we need to teach the world. We need the, the world to let the Holy Spirit come on and, and, and fill them and then pray through them so that they can become the Christians that God wants them to be. Amen? And you can't be scared about it. I mean, I, how many times in life I've been confronted with not wanting to give an altar call because I thought nobody would show up, not wanting to pray for the sick because what if they didn't get healed, not wanting to lay hands on somebody to get baptized in the Holy Spirit because what if they didn't speak in tongues? Man, I'm over that. I've served the Lord too long to know that God is faithful and his word's faithful and every man's got to accept things within their own heart. And sometimes there has to be some hard adjustments in people in order for them to get into the flow of the things of God. And we just have to let God be God and do what he wants to do. But we've got to get the information out there. People need to know what's out there and what God wants for them. Amen? So don't be scared. Man, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Holy Ghost never will come on anybody and make anybody do something that they're not, they don't want to do. Never. All right? My whole life is an experience. One of these days... I've always told my kids, I said, maybe I can just write a book and all the crazy experiences I've been through and the things I've seen God do so that y'all can, you know, live off my royalties. But uh, I mean, because I've seen things, I have seen things that are just mind boggling. And the Holy Spirit's done things with me. Mind boggling. I'll tell you one and then I'll quit. You know, because this is one that just blows my mind still to this day. I remember sitting in a, in a Rodney Howard Brown meeting, Shreveport, Louisiana. Big, big church, big auditorium, thousands of people in there. I had a, at that time, I had a vest on and my cowboy hat. And so we went in there, and I was a pastor. I had some people with me. And uh, I, I, I wanted to be seating in the pastor section over there because it was closer. And so when I went up there, I told the, the, what do you call them? Usher, that I was, a pastor and whatever, you know, could I sit over in the pastor section? And he just looked at me like, you're lying. And I got offended. And so finally he yielded, but he didn't sit us. There was like rows and rows and rows up closer, but he set us kind of back, farther back. And so I was mad about this. And so I was there and I was offended. And I was sitting in the middle of a row. People were to each side of me. And I was sitting in the middle of a row, praise and worship started. And I was mad. I was like, I cannot believe this. I mean, to come to a church, people ought to be more godly than this. I cannot believe that they did this. You know, this is, this is God, this is terrible. I've come to the wrong place. I've met, I was just going over, I was going at it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me as plain as day inside of my heart. And he told me, I want you to get up and I want you to run around this building. 
And I knew it was God. And I said, you know what that's going to look like? I mean, they didn't want to sit me down over in the pastor section. If I get up and do something stupid like that, why would I get up and run around the building? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That can't be you, Lord. So I sat there, and the worship music just went on. And then in a minute, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to get up, and I want you to run around this building. And I said, I'm not going to get up and run around the building. That is ridiculous. I mean, I got my blue jeans on, a vest, look nice, got my boots on. And so my wife looks over at me, man, I'm sweating. I mean, I got sweat on my head, just bullets coming down. This is right. Just, just give, give a little wave if I'm telling the truth. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm red. I'm, I mean, I'm under such conviction. It's unbelievable because I know I'm denying the Spirit of God right there. I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, you just go on pester somebody else. You ain't going to get me. And then the third time, the Holy Spirit came on me and he said, I want you to run around the building. I said, I'm not going to run around the building. It's just not, I'm not going to do it. And he said, well, that's okay. Peter denied me three times, and I still loved him. And when he said that, I was like, get out of the way. I just told everybody, get out of the way. And everybody looks at me like, what? And I took off. Had the wisdom to run uphill first, because this is a big, sloped auditorium. This thing was a big auditorium. I knew I was going to huff it to get around this thing. So I start running. And so there's an usher, and he looks like, okay, wait, there's a crazy guy. You know, he's going to tackle me. And I'm running it, but I'm running, and I realize that I'm running, man. I'm, it's not me. I realize that, man, I am empowered, man. I am running like the wind. <laughs> yeah, I'm flying. Is that true? I ran faster than I've ever run in my life. No one could have caught me. And I run up. That usher finally looks at me, just jumps out of the way. I pass by him. I cut the corner. Man, I make the corner. I'm coming, man. Now I'm going downhill. So, man, I'm picking up big speed. And so I'm coming down this thing, man, I'm flying 1,000 miles an hour. I mean, you cannot imagine. You'd never, there's no possible way I could humanly run that fast. I'm coming down the, the incline. I'm picking up speed, and I begin to look. And as I'm running, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make it. From the edge of the last chair to where the stage is, I don't think I'm going to make it. And I'm just flying, and I can't stop. I mean, I cannot just stop, it seems like. And I'm just flying, 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 and I cut that corner. I'm like, oh, God, I'm not going to make it. And boom, I hit the stage. There's a big stage. Hit the stage. Fly off, trip, fall. Right in front of the podium where the minister who's about to speak is saying, I'm right there. My glasses fly out of my pocket. My pen's out of my pocket. I'm scattered all over the place. I'm so embarrassed. And I'm just like, God, I can't believe you asked me to do this, but there ain't no way I'm going to end up like Peter. <laughs> and so I, I can't really function, and so I start crawling across the, the, the front to get to my chair that was sitting over there. I'm, I just start crawling. And I'm on all fours, and I'm crawling. And as I start crawling, the Spirit of God starts touching people in their chairs. And sections of people are just starting to be slain in the Spirit. And they're just going out like flies, just falling out of their chairs, just being touched by the Spirit of God. And I crawl, and I don't care. I don't care what's going on anybody else. I'm just trying to get back to my chair where I can hide, okay? Because I feel embarrassed. 
And as I'm crawling, people are just push, and I just, it's like the parting of the Red Sea. As I crawl through the crowd, is this true? Am I telling the truth? The minister the whole time just sits up there and watches everything. Doesn't say anything. It's just going off like this. I finally work my way back over there. I get myself back into my chair. I sit down and just kind of act like I'm praying, saying, oh, God. And then he began to preach and began to talk about the Holy Spirit and began to pray about what God's doing and, the, and, and, and things. And the whole meeting was just went. It was gone. And when I got back to my chair, the Lord said to me, today you're delivered from the opinion of man. No longer will the opinion of man ever influence you. You'll go on forth and do what I called you to do. But I had to run around a building. And crash and burn in the middle of thousands of people watching me on television. I've always prayed that someone went wrong with that footage that day. Because it was something, man. Although I would have liked to see me run, because I'm telling you what, man. I was flying. I mean, Usain Bolt couldn't have caught me, man. I was flying up that thing. My point is... The Holy Spirit always has things to do, and sometimes we have hindrances within our own life that stops the flow of God. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's like me, the opinion of man. There's things in our life that stop us and hinder the flow of God through us. That's what you've got to get out of the way. And that is what makes all the difference in the world. Once that's out of the way, God moves. Amen? So I want to pray for everyone out there that's watching right now. For you in here, like I said, I'll stay around and pray for you if you want me to, but uh, I, I'm going to pray for everybody. I want everybody just to stand up, if you would, because I want to honor the Spirit of God. So, Father, right now, I just declare, everyone out there listening and watching that's heard this message tonight, those that are hungering for the Spirit of God, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Lord, wherever, wherever they are, whether they're listening through their phones or they're watching the television set or whatever's going on, Lord, I just declare that right now that, Lord, you just invade their homes and invade their space. And as their hearts cry out for you, I thank you right now, Lord, that, that the gift of the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them and that they can pray in tongues and that that release of praying in tongues sets them free to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be. Lord, I pray right now for everyone out there that, Lord, that this message would be watched over and over and over again, that people would get it down within their hearts, that they would get rid of and have that, that ability to get rid of pride or whatever may be in their life that hinders them from flowing with you so that we could be the fruitful, blessed Christians that you called us to be. So, Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it. Lord, I ask you to bless these in here tonight. Bless them and their hearts and what's going on in their lives. I thank you, Lord, for blessing them, touching them. Lord, blessing their finances. All of those out there that are sending in their, their tithes and their offerings, bless their finances. Lord, I just thank you for it, and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.